What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the show. As always, thank you for tuning in. So I actually got a pretty interesting article here. It's about Christmas, since we are just days away from Christmas, which is which is insane. It seems like it seems like Christmas was just here. And here we are right back into another Christmas. Man, does time fly. But I figured it'd be kind of cool to do like a um, just like maybe a Christmas theme type of show today. We might get into some political stuff here in a little bit, but I found this actually pretty interesting. Um, I got an article here from WIBX hat tip to Megan. This just came out on the 13th, my birthday, actually, which I had a pretty awesome birthday. And thank you to all who sent me some really nice messages on Facebook all my friends from back at home, I really appreciate it. Um, I sure do miss you guys. Those were the good old days, huh? So anyways, I got an article here that says, These are the 10 most dangerous Christmas songs to play while driving. <laughs> it says, A strange new study claims to have identified the 10 Christmas songs people should never listen to when behind the wheel. And you'll never guess which number one is. So the holidays are finally here, and the radio stations across central New York have flipped to all Christmas music. Unfortunately, the abundance of bouncy and happy tunes may be causing an uptick in accidents. So can Christmas songs be dangerous? The fact that the words Christmas songs and dangerous were in the same sentence instantly made me skeptical. (laughs) Me too. It sounded like the ultimate clickbait article until I heard it on one of my Amazon flash briefings and had a change of heart because I couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) Agreed. The science behind this new study is actually pretty fascinating because of a Christmas song's danger factor was based off of their beats per minute, or BPM. Studies have found that songs that have a 50 to 80 BPMs put a brain brain in what's called an alpha state, which makes one more likely to relax and feel focused. On the opposite end of the spectrum, songs with higher BPMs are used to get the blood pumping. Researchers there are concerned that when the happy Christmas tunes start playing, drivers become distracted with singing along, dancing, and turning up the volume. All distractions that increase one's chances of getting into an accident. Below are the 10 most dangerous songs one can listen to behind the wheel. Additionally, researchers also found that the 10 safest Christmas songs to accompany you on your car ride home. So here are the 10 Christmas songs. And I like starting with the good news, so below are the Christmas songs that will help you feel more focused and alert behind the wheel. They'll help you find your mental sweet spot when traveling. (laughs) All right, so you ready for this? Number 10, Here Comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane by Elvis Presley. It actually has a 79 beats per minute. Uh, Number 9 is The Christmas Song, Merry Christmas to You. And I think the singer is Nate King Cole, and it's also 79 BPM. Um, Let's kind of scroll down here so we don't have to do all 10. So number two is Silver Bells, Bing Crosby, 70 beats per minute. And then here are some distraction magnets. Oh, so it goes on here. So here are distraction magnets. If you're an Ariana Grande stan, you might not like what this list has to say. Below are the 10 songs with beats so infectious they steal away a driver's attention and could cause them to make a careless mistake on the road. Okay, so I see what they did. So all the top songs, the top 10 songs I just named with like, you know, Here Comes Santa Claus, 79 beats per minute. These are the least dangerous songs. So these are the safest songs to listen to while you're driving. 
I thought so because I'm thinking about here comes Santa Claus. I'm like, that doesn't really sound really like that doesn't really get the blood flowing. Uh, so I thought that was a little weird. Okay, but here are the actual songs that have high BPMs, which make it more dangerous for you to listen to while driving. So number 10 is Please Come Home for Christmas by the Eagles. It's 183 beats per minute. And then um, you keep going down, Christmas Eve. Um, uh, number four, it's it's the most wonderful time of the year, Andy Williams, 201 beats per minute. And then number one is Last Christmas by Ariana Grande, 206 beats per minute. So listen, if you got Ariana Grande on the radio listening to Last Christmas, just be aware. Do not let the song distract you from driving. Trust me, we have plenty, plenty of already distracted drivers. Uh, Mariah Carey songs are seemingly neutral grounds. So good news for those who love All I Want for Christmas is You. The song isn't nearly as bad for your brain as other holiday hits. Very, very interesting study. Man, they study everything, don't they? It's like they got to study literally for anything you could possibly think of, which is good because knowledge is power. But also it can be dangerous because you guys seen what happened during COVID. It was like a study here. This study says that. This study says this. And so the so-called experts actually just cherry-picked whatever study they wanted, and that's what they used to push a narrative. And that's exactly what happened during COVID. So instead of, this is why we had such conflicting information coming out. You had studies coming out that were saying masks didn't work, and you had studies coming out that were saying masks did work. And so it really depended on whichever narrative they wanted to push. And unfortunately, our government and the entire world pushed the the mask narrative, and so they just cherry picked news. They just cherry picked studies that they wanted to use, and, and that's what they went with. So, studies can be great. They have it seems like they have a study for everything these days, which is a good thing, and also a bad thing. I guess it's just like anything else. It's too much of anything can be bad for you. So I just thought that was pretty cool. I wanted to start the show out with that. I was actually just reading that right before we came, right before I got behind the mic here. So so Please Come Home for Christmas by the Eagles is 183 beats per minute. That's part of the Danger Songs when driving. And then Last Christmas by Ariana Grande, 206 beats per minute is by far the most dangerous Christmas song to listen to while you're driving. So... <laughs> Maybe you should put Here Comes Santa Claus by Elvis Presley and uh, take it safe. But if you want to live life on the edge, go with Ariana Grande. Um, so speaking of Christmas, I found one of the most ironic things I think I've... I don't know if it's just irony or is it God just showing us that he has a, a sense of humor. But this is actually pretty funny. So the latest bad optic for Joe Biden... A falling Christmas tree. <laughs> so I got an article here from the Associated Press. President Joe Biden wasn't anywhere near the national Christmas tree when high winds knocked it down on Tuesday. He also didn't install it. Come on, man. But the mishap was the latest in a series of bad optics for his presidency, and the internet pounced immediately. Well, of course, did you guys happen to see that cringe, absolutely cringy, Christmas song that they did at the White House. Well, I guess they filmed it at the White House. But 
the 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 um the actors the dancers or the performers that they hired to do the actual christmas video inside the white house were like staunch marxists and they they were like you know it's like some of the worst activists we have in this country and they were the ones that they hired to do the music video it's just my god man i mean think about all the bad optics we have got from this white house i mean think about it you got the cocaine in the White House um, that, that we, we all know whose it is. For me, I find it actually frustrating that between the Secret Service and the White House being mo- one of the most surveilled places probably on the face of the planet, we can't find out who it is. That just tells me that it is exactly who we think it is. And, and, and what's even more crazy is that the Biden administration was supposed to be a vote for normalcy. You guys remember that, right? It was vote for Joe Biden is a vote for normalcy. I don't see anything normal about anything in the last three years. Honestly, it has been actually the quite opposite. It's it's been actually very abnormal um, between cocaine at the White House and dudes shaking their tits on the White House lawn. And then it just this Christmas tree story is really just like the. I don't know how to explain it. It's irony, but it it is also such a big sign from God, the direction this country's going in. And it's just everything Joe Biden touches turns to crap. Every single thing this administration touches turns to crap. That is why I've been saying for weeks now, Israel needs to stay as far away from Joe Biden as possible. We always talk about Robert Gates saying that Joe Biden's been wrong on foreign policy for the last four decades. So why anybody would take any advice from this administration about war is beyond me. When you're when you're talking about the same people that were in charge of the Afghanistan withdrawal and the same people. I mean, look, just look at the level of damage that has been caused by this administration. I mean, you got wars popping up all over the country. You have the Ukraine-Russia war. You have now the Israel-Hamas war. You have China, you know, chomping at the bit to get the Taiwan. You got the this war b- with Venezuela and Guana over the oil-rich lands. Like, you have one thing after another after another. And so watching the White House, watching the, the ceremonial Christmas tree get blown over by wind is really just like, I don't know. It is, it is just a sign of what we've been watching for like the last two and a half years. And so the article goes on, the fallen tree was likened to the president's policies and to the occasional falls that Biden himself has had when the photographers were present. That's true. I forgot about Joe Biden falling all the time. That is the irony, is it not? It is poetic justice that the Christmas tree, the ceremonial Christmas tree, gets blown over by the wind, just like Joe Biden. <laughs> you guys remember when he fell down running up the, the Air Force One stairs and the White House press secretary came out and said it was not just her, but the entire media came out. Oh, well, it was really windy that day. And then you're just like, ooh, I don't think that was the best excuse to go with. So you mean to tell me Joe Biden is so weak he gets blown over by wind? <laughs> they just, they don't know what to do. These people do not know what to do. This is why they're starting the whole Trump, the Trump, the whole Trump is a dictator narrative. It is such a stupid, dumb narrative. 
that Trump is a dictator, but they are running full force with it. But it is so dumb. It's, 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 it's illogical. It doesn't make any sense to sit there and say Trump is a dictator while people are actively watching the rise of authoritarianism in their country during the Biden administration, where you have police state, you have the guys with badges and guns going around arresting parents at school board meetings. You have a president that's trying to imprison his his political rivals and leading candidate for the Republican Party. You have the president's administration and the Department of Justice arresting everybody in Donald Trump's orbit. All kinds of Republicans are being arrested all across the country and being locked up inside a prison in our nation's capital like a gulag. Like Washington, D.C. has turned into modern-day Stalingrad. And these people have the audacity to say that Donald Trump is going to be a dictator. No, no. If that is the strategy that they're going with, that that's going to be the official narrative for electing Joe Biden, they are going to lose. Because people can see right through this stuff. And I have to ask them, like... Why come up with the narrative at all? Why not just talk about how successful Joe Biden's policies are? Exactly. <laughs> now you get it. They can't because it's not a success. It, Joe Biden is a human wrecking ball. This guy is a walking human pandemic. They can't talk about his policy successes because there is none. And so I forgot all about the narrative that they created, the lie, essentially. Oh, Joe Biden got blown over by wind. That, this, this article, I'm so glad this article pointed that out. And it, it just rang a bell instantly when they said it. So <laughs> it says, quote, Biden's presidency in one pick, the meme said. Another person suggested that the Biden's cat Willow was responsible, given the feline tendency to sabotage Christmas trees. That's true. Cats do have like a weird obsession with Christmas trees. I know our cat does. I mean, if this cat is not actively like messing around with our Christmas tree, she just like kind of chills under it all day long, knocks the knocks the ornaments off the bottom. We have to put all our ornaments like two feet off the ground <laughs> because so she don't knock them over. Um, <laughs> but whoever made this meme that said the five words Biden's presidency in one pick. And the picture of the Christmas tree being blown over. This is epic. This is an epic meme. I mean, it <laughs> in five words explains the entire presidency of Joe Biden. The ceremonial Christmas tree, the national Christmas tree getting, getting blown over by wind. <laughs> uh, so a spokesperson for the National Park Service said the tree fell around 5 p.m. because of high winds that accompanied a cold front. Although a crane quickly pulled it back up and it was standing tall again an hour later. An hour? It took an hour to pull a tree back up? I get it. It is a, it is a big-ass tree. But an hour? I don't, I don't know about that. Maybe because they had to pull the crane back in or something? I don't know. Although a crane quickly pulled it back up and it was standing tall again an hour later, there was plenty of time for photos to be snapped and for jokes, some of them cruel, to be shared. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then here is the meme by not the B on Twitter or X, whatever. It says breaking national Christmas tree does best Biden impression by falling over ahead of president's lighting ceremony. <laughs> that is savage, man. That is savage. And that is by not the B 
So even those who weren't making fun of the president saw humor in the tree falling down with Katie Rogers, White House correspondent for The New York Times, saying that the tree was, quote, eschewed, eschewed, I don't even know what this is saying, eschewed its festive duties, and that the story is basically an insert your own metaphor exercise. Yeah, yeah. You know, to me, the first thing I think of The first thing I think of when I see the ceremonial Christmas tree being blown over by the wind is just another disaster that we can add to the very, very long list of disasters that this administration has overseen. It is like it is the it is the cherry on top. It is like I don't know, man. It is like where you just like want to throw all your tools down and just go home kind of thing. Like, can we can this administration get anything right? Even a broken clock is right twice a day. I say that all the time, but it's true. It's like this administration, nobody can point to one thing it's gotten right. Between the Afghanistan withdrawal, that was within, what, weeks of the presidency? And then here we are? I mean, think of everything that this administration has done that has just been a disaster. Not just foreign policy, but domestic policy as well. Ladies and gentlemen, at some point in time, somebody's going to be blamed for the hundreds of thousands of deaths in, U- in, in Ukraine, in the Russia-Ukraine invasion. Somebody's, this is a lot of blood on somebody's hand. Somebody is going to get blamed for this. It has to be. This war is over. It is done. I mean, you go through the stats. I mean, they're talking about 400,000 people dead. 400,000 casualties. I mean, th- you're reading stories about they're having to pull 40-year-olds off of buses that are trying to flee the country to put a gun in their hand to put them at the front of the lines because they don't have anyone else. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are putting 40-year-old men because you ran out of the younger generation, you're not in good shape. You are not winning the war. And then you go online, you go on your phone, and you're cycling through the news outlets, and all you keep seeing is, Russia being beaten down, Russia demoralized, Ukraine finally making headway. These people are lying. They're lying. And, and somebody's going to have to be held accountable. Which one of these news outlets are going, to, are going to be the first ones to come out and say that, yeah, Ukraine was a very, very bad idea. And so for all these people that have the Ukraine flag as the profile pic on Twitter, on Facebook, this is on you. This is on you. The American people pushed this war. You know, the 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 you know, the the radical leftists, the Democrats that don't have any meaning or purpose in their life and they just want to be a part of something so desperately that they will post a Ukrainian flag as their profile pic, even though they don't know anything about the situation, but they just want to be a part of something like the Borg, the sheeple is what I call them. These people, do they not hold a little bit of blame? for pushing the narrative that Ukraine would ever, ever win this war. It was insanity from the beginning. And there should have been diplomacy from day one. There should have been diplomacy. And then they blew up their own pipeline, releasing the, causing the largest, uh, the largest man-made disaster in history by releasing, I don't know how many millions or hundreds of millions of tons of methane into the atmosphere from the pipeline they blew up their own pipeline they destabilized the entire european the the entire european continent 
with that little, with that escapade, blowing up their own pipeline. I mean, somebody is going to have to take the blame for this. And I'm sorry, but it's going to be the Biden presidency. It is. And again, you can just put that on the list of the of the already very long list of failures of the Biden presidency. 400,000 people dead. Dead. And I just watched a I just watched a a short video clip on YouTube or whatever. Bill Maher gets on his show and he reads out these stats. And one of the numbers he said is, you know, and he tries to come out and he's like, "Look, you know, Republicans are trying to are trying to tie Ukraine funding to the southern border as if it's a bad thing. And then he quickly realizes, man, I just sounded like an idiot. And then so he corrects it and says, well, you know what? I have the video clip right here. Here, check this out. All right. He is a senior CNN senior political analyst and author of uh, anchor and author of Lincoln and the fight for peace. John Avalon, our returning champion. And she's an award-winning special correspondent for PBS NewsHour and contributed to The New Yorker, whose memoir is called No Ordinary Assignment, Jane Ferguson. Jane, what a great pleasure to have you. Um, and since you are a war correspondent, I thought we would talk about war, because it is what all, you know, everything in the news today is, is war. I mean, especially the ones in Ukraine and Gaza and the Ukraine war, we haven't talked about it in a while, but it's, uh, it's big in the news this week because the Republicans want to link more aid to Ukraine to Biden doing something about the border, uh, which would not be a bad idea in itself. I don't know why they have to be linked, but um, just to give you some stats. Okay, um, they want, they've spent $111 billion so far on this war. They want $61 billion more. I think some of that is for Israel as well. Um, problem is, it's a stalemate. After two years, they say the front line has moved less than 500 square, uh, five, less than 500 square miles of territory have changed hands. 150,000 Russian dead, 70,000 Ukrainian dead. Um, we're still having fights over territory and armies in both here and Gaza. So I know the People, I, I mean, I've always tried to be good for the people of Ukraine and back them, and I think it's the right thing, but I also heard a lot, you were in Afghanistan, right? I remember Iraq and both wars. We can still win this thing. Is that, ladies and gentlemen, those numbers are not correct. He is way off, not by a little, but by a lot. We are seeing numbers in the cat. We are seeing numbers of casualties over there that we've never seen before. And so, why is the media continuously? Why are they continuing to push this narrative that Ukraine can win this war? It is done. It's over with. I mean, they're talking about you know some of the some of the information you get out there. They're talking about this war in order to actually defeat Russia, is going to cost a half a trillion dollars, maybe even a trillion dollars, and that is just for the war alone. We're not talking about the rebuilding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The United States taxpayer is going to be on the line for rebuilding Ukraine. We're already holding up a third of their entire government, their economy. We're paying their firefighters, their police officers, their politicians, their politicians' pensions, their health care, 
I mean, insane stuff. We are essentially propping up the entire damn country. And they're talking about they would possibly need a trillion dollars to finish off this war. Well, what about the American people? And so for Bill Maher to come out there and actually suggest that it's ludicrous for Republicans to be asking for stricter border policy so that they can protect their own country's borders for a trade-off of funding another country's borders, this is how sick this is. We are in a situation to where our government would rather secure and fund another country's border rather than fixing our own border and keeping our own citizens safe. With hundreds of thousands of Americans dying from fentanyl that's pouring across the border, you have the rape of women and children down there at the southern border in numbers we've never seen, entire rape trees. You have child trafficking where the United States government lost 85,000 children. Like this is what is happening at the southern border is one of the biggest humanitarian disasters that I can think of in recent memory. This is not a humane border policy. This is quite the opposite. Just like everything else, just like everything else they're making people believe to be true is actually the exact opposite. They're making people believe that Ukraine is winning the war when it's actually the exact opposite. They're making people believe that the southern border is is a humane border policy when actually it's the exact opposite with deaths, rape, child trafficking, human trafficking in, in, in numbers we've never seen before. They're trying to convince the American people the economy's great when actually it's the complete opposite. Joe Biden should be considered the Grinch who stole Christmas. I think we can actually officially call him that now. This is one of the worst Christmases people in this country have have experienced in a very long time. People do not have the money to go Christmas shopping for their families. You have credit card debt in the trillions, which numbers we've never seen before. So what, what's happening is you have younger generations of people they're paying their bills with their with their weekly checks, their income, and they're filling in the gap with credit cards. Well, to make matters even worse is we have historically high interest rates on those credit cards. So we're talking 29% interest on those credit cards. These people are not even going to barely, they're going to barely make the minimum payment. They're not even going to be paying on the interest on these credit cards. The American people are not sinking, they're drowning out there. And so I thought it was absolutely appropriate for that Christmas tree meme of the Christmas, the ceremonial Christmas tree at the White House being blown over by the wind. It is just another failure to add to the list of Biden failures the last three years. And it is something that is actually quite, I I don't want to say ironic, but it is something so fitting to what we've been experiencing the last three years. The media has become so powerful that we have essentially a bunch of of sheep. The media is herding the people like sheep. And so one of these narratives is that they're going to try and convince the American people that Trump is a dictator. So you should want to continue voting for your own destruction. Ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump is not a perfect man. None of us are. Last I checked, there was only one perfect man. And that was Jesus. Donald Trump is not a perfect man. None of us are. But if you ask yourself the question, are you better off now than you were three years ago? The answer will be no. Probably eight out of 10. The last we checked, it was seven out of 10. Seven out of 10 people 
have said that they were better off under Donald Trump than Joe Biden's administration. So why is the media and the elite ruling class trying to convince the American people that they should vote against their own best interests. It doesn't make sense for me for Taylor Swift, for all these celebrity Hollywood elites to come out, for all these rich billionaires. What do they have to lose? If anything, people should take what they say and do the opposite. Because the, these rich ruling elite class people, they're not li- they are so detached from regular America That, yeah, of course, Biden's policies, his disastrous policies and his disaster administration don't affect these people like it affects us. Elections have consequences, folks. And I'm telling you right now, the Biden election has severe consequences, severe. It is getting so bad now that they're essentially tying Donald Trump's hands behind his back with the economy and they're getting ready for it. They're getting ready for it. The deep state is warming up, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and it's something I missed that I didn't even think of to add to the list. This just happened on Saturday. There was a couple that were having gay sex on the Senate floor right on the table in the fr- in the middle of the freaking Senate, uh, the, the Senate debate room. Yeah. These, I mean, I cannot think of anything more disgraceful than a gay couple having sex on the table in our Senate debate room, like in the main freaking room. Are these people nuts? Seriously, they're nuts. Well, they got caught. I guess the video leaked and they got caught. One of them, it was a dem, it was an aide to a Democrat, to a Democrat senator, I think. The names haven't been released because uh, during the investigation, they haven't released the names yet. But I guess the person's been fired from what I from what I can gather. But that goes right along with all the other catastrophes of the Biden administration. Like nothing is normal about this administration. Nothing. The government and the media and its media apparatus are trying to convince and Hollywood elites, the ruling class billionaires are trying to convince regular America. That, oh, yeah, you should want to continue voting for this. If Joe Biden's administration was going so well, then they wouldn't have to create talking points and narratives about Donald Trump being a dictator to scare people. They could just come out and run on Joe Biden's successful policies, right? No, they can't because there is none. (sighs) That's why. But I just find it disgusting. You know, the government and the Hollywood elites and the, the, the millionaires and billionaires, wouldn't they want what's best for the American people? And if America was better under Donald Trump and during Donald Trump's presidency, then why would they want them to vote for Joe Biden? You see what I mean? I don't know if I explained it right. I can't understand why millionaires and billionaires who have no skin in the game as far as, you know, suffering the consequences of the Biden administration. Yeah, maybe they they lost you know, maybe inflation maybe uh, made a dent in their, their in their fortunes. But as far as like Hollywood elites like Taylor Swift and all these rich billionaire elites, the ruling class, the senators and the 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 media, Joe and Mika, these Joe and Mika are multimillionaires over and over again that live in a high rise condominium in Boca Raton, Florida. Like, why would they want people to vote against their best interest by? voting for Joe Biden. 
Like, it's like they want Americans to suffer. Like, they're so selfish and so self-indulged that they just want what makes them feel better, whether that comes at the expense of you. So that they, they want to exploit the American people, the regular working class, for their own betterment, for their own gains, to help their emotions, to make them feel better as the, the righteous virtue signalers. Like, it's, I'll never understand it. And this is the problem that we have today, is we don't have a political problem, although we do. But what we have is a moral problem. How do these very immoral people keep getting elected into office? Is because American society has is lacking morals. And I say this all the time, but the more religion is removed from society, the worse things get, and that's exactly what's happening. You know, John Fetterman doesn't get elected because he's the best person, but he gets elected because it makes people feel good. It's like we, 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 I don't know. I don't know. But Joe and Mika, the, the government and, the, and its media apparatus and all the people in between, the, the rich, powerful elites, the ruling class, they do not suffer from a Biden presidency like regular America suffers. Like the people that are suffering, like, like the people that are making the minimum credit card payment, barely. The people that are struggling to buy groceries, the people that are struggling to fill up their gas tank, they're the ones that suffer. They have all the skin in the game. And in fact, most of them, their family members are buried in Arlington Cemetery, where they fought and died for this country. So they absolutely have the most skin in the game. So why is it that the rich billionaire elites like, you know, Joe and Mika and the, the rich ruling class elites, <clears throat> all the media talking heads, all those people are, are multimillionaires. Why do they get the dictate? Why should they have any say so on who regular America chooses to be their leader? They shouldn't. And nobody should take these people seriously anymore. These people have been wrong over and over and over again. They lie, they lie, they lie to the American people. And what makes it even worse, it's not just that they lie to the American people, but they cover up the truth. That is the worst thing. When you go online, and I found this to be very concerning and something that we talked about not that long ago, you want to go and find an answer. And this is how, this is how Google algorithms and search engine algorithms in general are making a huge impact in our elections. Because when you go to research something, how many times have you, how many times have you told somebody you're debating or arguing with, go look it up, go Google it. I'm telling you the truth. What I, I'm, I'm telling you to go Google it, do your due diligence and do your own research. Well, what happens when they controlled what people see on the search engine algorithms? What happens when these people do actually go to research it and the first 50 pages that they see are all CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NPR, The Guardian, Washington Post, The New York Times, all leftist outlets. That's a big issue. And it's having a, been, it's having a big impact on, on our culture and our society, no doubt. There's no doubt. Not just social media, but search engine algorithms in general. How are people that are willing to do their due diligence, are willing to do the research, that don't want to be intellectually lazy? How are they supposed to inform themselves when all they have in front of their face is the wrong information, a bunch of lies and propaganda? Listen, I can, I can filter through it. I know how to find what I need to get to. But again, I've been doing it for years. 
I know how to make my way through the internet search algorithms, but a lot of people don't. And that's exactly what's happening. They go to look up a candidate and Google is actually swaying the minds of voters by putting all biased media up front on like the first 10 or 15 pages. This is a big issue that we need to get to the bottom of. Um, and if we don't get to the bottom of it quick, and honestly, I don't know what else to do. The only thing I could do is get on here behind this microphone and do the show and inform my listeners to what is going on. And, and to the best of my ability, try and inform you myself. You know, a lot of people may not have the time. I don't mind doing the show at all. I think we've been doing it for, what, almost a year now? I love doing the show. I'm probably going to do this for the rest of my life. I love doing it. I have been doing this, just not behind a microphone, for many years. I've been in politics for a long time, if you're somebody that's new that's listening. I've been, I used to be a Democrat. I, I, I became politically homeless because the Democrat Party left me. Um, and then in 2015, I was politically homeless all throughout, you know, 2012, 13, 14. And then in 2015, I voted for Donald Trump in 2015 or 16. And I voted for him again. And then now it seems like even the Republican Party is starting to leave me politically homeless because I don't know what these people are doing. I can't for the life of me understand why there is no urgency in the Republican Party. None. It's like these people are not concerned whatsoever that we're $33 trillion in debt. We have, they just passed the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act. Again, again, funding all of Pelosi and and Joe Biden's crap all the way until uh, April, I think. Essentially, just the Republicans continue to get rolled over by the Democrats and the American people are on the sidelines, like cheering and yelling for them, saying, do something. My God, do you now realize what time it is? We have a country to save. You're allowing the Democrats to steamroll through our, our constitution and our country and our culture and our and our, our society. And the Republicans allow them to do it. It's like I say this all the time. Republicans are they have no issues coming in second. They are not opposition. They are controlled opposition. The, the true American patriots, the America first red-blooded patriots, the MAGA people, the real patriots of this country, they need a real opposition party. And I'm sorry, but the Republican Party is just not it. And it's very frustrating for some of us that have, you know, we, we went through this battle for so long. <laughs> I, every time I think of this, I think of that meme. Have you seen that meme with um, uh, in in the the meme Braveheart where he's like yelling? He's got the blue face paint on. He's like yelling and holding the sword up. And then on the top picture is like is Mel Gibson just all nicely cleanly cut and like one of his you know one of his fancier movies or one of his more laid back movies. And then on the bottom one is that Braveheart picture where he's just like screaming bloody murder with the red or the blue face paint on and he's holding his sword up. And then on the top picture, it says Trump supporters in 2015. And then on the bottom, it says Trump supporters in 2023. (laughs) And it's just, it's hard for me to explain, but you know what meme I'm talking about. That is essentially how we feel. It's like, man, we have been in a battle for years. And I freaking love the fact that red-blooded patriotic Americans, the MAGA people, yes, the Trump supporters, they haven't given up. They haven't given up. They're not going to give up. And so for the controlled opposition part of the Republican Party, you can forget about getting your 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 party back. It's never going to happen. The MAGA Republicans will never, 
ever give you this party back. It's not yours anymore. It is ours. Your days are done. They're numbered. You know, the the Nikki Haley's of the Republican Party, the Chris Christie's, the, the Mitt Romney's, the Liz Cheney's of the Republican Party. Your days are done. You're not getting your party back. And this is what I love about being in the MAGA movement. The fighters, man, fighters that we are taking these people to task and we're not giving up and we never will give up. This country means so much to us. And really, the, the most important thing to us is just to leave a country, to leave a better country for our children than what we were given. That is the end goal. And we're trying to bring as many people on board. It's a big tent. Everybody's invited. And the tent's getting bigger. It really is. And, and we're really not even having to do much. It's the Biden administration. Most of us political analysts or whatever you want to call us, most of us political people, I would say the more politically wise people, we knew this was going to happen to begin with. I didn't think the Biden administration was going to be this bad, but I knew it was going to be bad. I never would have dreamed it was going to be this bad. But it is. And Joe Biden is walking people right into our tent. And that's fine. But we have a big problem. And, and some, some of these things are not in our control, like the internet search algorithms, like the voting machines. There's a lot of stuff going on out there when it comes to voting. And, and I'm telling you, the Republican Party, they better get on it, man. And I just don't see them fighting very hard when they're sitting there passing bills that shouldn't be passed. There are southern borders not secure. And, and you know what? I don't even suggest do not give the Biden administration anything to secure that southern border. Nothing. There is no way you are securing that southern border at this point. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. So I, I say they don't give up nothing from here on out. Come April. When all these appropriations come back and they're, you know, they're, they're whining and preening for a continuing resolution, I say, don't do it, man. We got to fight. We got to stand. We, they got to make a stand once and for all. And we got to get Donald Trump elected. It's the only way we're going to get our country back. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, um, that's all for today's episode. I hope you guys had an awesome weekend. Um, like I said, I'm gonna, we're going to be here all Christmas break, so... We got a lot of stuff to get into. I know we didn't talk about a whole lot of stuff today. I just, I kind of wanted to start out with something uh, different with the Christmas. I, I actually found the the dangerous Christmas songs while driving actually pretty interesting. That study, very interesting study. <laughs> how they how they figure this stuff out is beyond me. But you know, a lot of these studies, these weird ass studies that we get, a lot of these are funded by grants, pale grants, and and subsidies. So the American taxpayers are paying for a lot of these studies, uh, whether it's through college universities, they get subsidized too by the American taxpayer. The, the government has a spending problem. We don't have an income problem. Trust me. We, make we bring in plenty of money. I think it's like right at $4.5 trillion, but the government's spending $7 trillion. We have a spending problem. No family in America manages their finances this way. When a family is at their budget limit, what do they do? They cut back on spending. They cancel all their subscriptions. They cut back on their daily coffees at Starbucks. They cut back on, on shopping at Publix and maybe they'll go to Walmart. Like they, they, they fix their spending issue. They don't ask the credit card company for an a in, increase on their credit card limit. So I don't understand 
why the government doesn't have to operate their finances this way. And that's exactly what they should be doing. And they're not. And, and unfortunately, until you get fiscal responsible people in there, and yes, that means Republicans too, they are part of the problem, ladies and gentlemen. They are, as much as it hurts to say it, they are not fiscally responsible. And for people like Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney to come out and be like, oh, yeah, you know, the old Republican Party, we're, the, we're your betters. We're the real Republican Party. Yeah, you are. That's absolutely right. You are the real Republican Party. And you were complicit into the downfall of this country. You helped the managed decline of this country for the last three decades. And now we're taking the party over because it's clear and obvious that you don't know how to run it. So this is the Republican Party is becoming the MAGA party now. So Nikki Haley's and Chris Christie's of the world move over. It's not your party anymore. Honestly, I wish we could start a third party, but we just that's not possible at this moment. So maybe one day. I don't know. But as of right now, our main goal needs to be getting Donald Trump elected. All right. No, I'm not endorsing Donald Trump. I'm just being a realist. All right. Donald Trump's probably going to win the nomination. And as far as all these court cases that are coming down the tubes, MAGA's getting some court wins, ladies and gentlemen. The Trump legal team is getting some wins. And it's turning out exactly how I told you it's going to turn out. In the end, all these court cases are going to get turned over eventually. It is a race against the clock right now. These people are trying to, they're trying to inflict maximum damage to Donald Trump's campaign with these frivolous lawsuits and these frivolous criminal charges and indictments. They don't really care if the charges stick. Their main goal is just to indict and to charge and try and convict so that they can use it against him in his campaign. So the media can go out there and just pummel Donald Trump and kneecap him and bust his knees in with baseball bats with Oh, you're going to vote for a convicted felon? Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. But we're getting some legal wins, folks. We're getting some legal wins. The Trump legal team is getting some wins. I can tell you, I can tell you right now, I think the case in Florida, the documents case is probably going to be delayed until after the election. The case in Georgia, this idiot just took on way more than she can chew. She took on too big of a case, the RICO charge with like 16 different defendants. It's too much. It was she bit off more than she can chew. And so I don't know how I don't know how that's even going to make it to trial before the election. It's just too insane. The problem is these people are trying to. And when you look at it from that point of view, like I just told you, when you look at it from the point of view of these people not really trying to get an actual conviction, it's not real justice. In other words, they know it's not real justice. They know they're just using the justice system, the laws, as lawfare, as a tool, as a weapon to kneecap Donald Trump. So when you look at it that way, then you, you start to see the bigger – you start to see their plan, their picture. Their plan is to try and hinder Donald Trump as much as possible. But I think in the Georgia cases, in all these cases, they bit off more than they could chew. They fail to realize that when you bring all these insane, unprecedented – Cases like indicting a former president, immunity cases like the presidential immunity, you're talking about never heard, never before heard cases ever in U.S. history. And they want these cases to be debated and argued and and laws created within six or seven months. They're out of their mind. It's impossible. In fact, it would be dangerous to our democracy to issue bad laws based off unprecedented cases that were rushed through the courts and through the law system. 
Think about it. These people are trying to say that Donald Trump should be criminally charged and convicted for things that he did as a president. Do you know what type of impact that is going to have on our country and our presidency and our executive branch? It is going to be insane. And so every if this is allowed to stand, which I don't think it is, it's I, I mean, I'm almost sure it's there's no way the Supreme Court's going to rule that presidents can be charged and convicted for things that they did while they're president. Because think about it. It'll essentially nullify every single presidency moving forward. Presidents will be afraid to do anything by fear of retribution, by fear of being convicted as soon as they get out. And that's exactly what's going to happen. You, It will be a major shift into the third world banana republic we're always talking about. The moment a president leaves office, the opposing party will charge and indict that president within the first year of leaving office. And this will be routine. This, this will be something that happens every single presidency. No matter what it is, they'll just make stuff up just like they're doing now with Donald Trump. And so these people actually think something like this is going to happen within six months or seven months in a seven-month case against a former president and now you know leading candidate of the Republican Party. They're nuts. It's never going to happen. And just like I said from the very beginning, the Supreme Court is going to have to step in, and they will. And they have. They are. They did step in. So the Supreme Court, I wanted to talk about this. The Supreme Court is going to take up the presidential immunity case. They're going to make a ruling on that. And they're also going to make a ruling on 15 USC. I think that's the the exact law. I don't have it in front of me. I should, as a good podcaster, I should <laughs> I should have that stuff in front of me. I think it's 15 USC, um, which is the obstructing an official proceeding. They took up that case as well. These cases are going to take a long time. I mean, you got to think the Supreme Court has got, they have to have oral arguments on these cases. These are first in, first in history cases. They are, these are unprecedented cases, have never happened before. And so for the Democrats and their, their, the brown shirts that support them, the, the Bolsheviks, the, the radical leftists that cheer for, for all this radicalness in the le- for the last eight years. You know, the same people that are cheering to, you know, indict Donald Trump and cheering for rounding up Republicans and throwing them in a D.C. gulag. For these people to actually think a case like that is going to be argued and then ruled and laws passed based on an eight-month case, they're insane. It's never going to happen. But they know that. You know, the people, the smart Democrats, people like Mark Elias and Jack Smith, you know, the people running this giant uh, conspiracy to violate people's rights, the people running this, the people operating this conspiracy, they know it's BS and they know it's not going to work. They know all this stuff is not going to happen before the election. But that, again, when you look at it from a different perspective, when you look at it from my perspective, how they're just using it to kneecap Donald Trump and his campaign to inflict maximum damage against Donald Trump's campaign and his presidency. Then you'll know the game. You know exactly the game they're playing. And so with the case in Georgia, she bit off more than she can chew. There's no way that case is going to be heard before before the election. The case in Washington, D.C. is starting to look like it's not going to be heard. That trial's not coming before the election. You have the case in Florida with, with Eileen Cannon. She essentially wrote Jack Smith... She wrote the prosecutor in Washington, D.C. I think, what is his name? The guy that's helping Graves, Josh Graves, I think his name, the guy, the, the assistant prosecutor that is helping Jack Smith in these, in these, um, 
these election interference cases is, is what they are. They're conspiracy to interfere in the people's elections. She essentially told, um, I, I, I want to say Josh Graves, but I'm not really sure. So again, I, <laughs> probably something I should have had in front of me. She essentially told them, look, you have two trials that are overlapping. And essentially what she said is, listen, did you know that you have you have these trials overlapping? How is Donald Trump supposed to be in two places at one time? And so they looked at the cases and they're like, oh, wow, you're right. Yeah, that's totally true. He's not going to be able to be at two trials at the same time. So these people have gotten so far ahead of their skis that they have they haven't realized what they have done. They have bit off way more than they can chew. I think I think. These trials are not going to happen before the election. That is just what I'm saying. That's my prediction. I hate making predictions on the show, but I did it, and so we'll go from there. But that's what I think. I think it's it's insane. And even if they do, people need to realize these are really, really unprecedented historical cases, cases that have never happened in this country before. And the time needs to be taken to make sure they're argued correctly and that there is not bad law coming from these bad cases brought. Because these can have very detrimental consequences for decades, for centuries to come. And so the last thing you want to do is rush a case through to get bad law, because that's what happens. Bad cases bring bad law. And then come to find out that it just gets overturned 30 years from now, and it should have never happened to begin with. But maybe that's what they're trying to do. When you look at it from the perspective, all they're trying to do is kneecap Donald Trump. Then you'll realize, then you'll realize the game that they're playing. So. Well, I took an extra like 15 minutes I didn't really want to take, but I feel like I I owed you that information. I had all that just in my head waiting to um I had to share it with you. So I just I just went ahead and just went with it. I didn't have any of the information in front of me, but at least you have an idea of what's going on. You have the Republican Party signing NDAA that got through, which shouldn't have got through. You have these cases that are going to the Supreme Court, and most of the, most likely none of these cases, none of these trials are going to be able to take place before the election. Um, and and you have just really really crummy stuff and really bad stuff all happening all at once, just like I told you about five months ago. All these cases are all going to get rolled up at once. And so if you're wondering, man, when are Republicans, when are MAGA supporters, when is MAGA going to start getting some wins here? And I'm telling you, you're going to start getting wins and it's all, and they're all going to be rolling up all at once at the perfect time. And it's all going to be right before the election. And so just hang in there, buckle up, because things are about ready to get wild. You're going to see stuff this year that you ain't never seen before. And it's not just me saying it. You got Tucker saying it. You got Elon saying it. You got all these very, very well-read people saying this. We are going to see some of the craziest stuff we've ever seen in our lives coming out in 2024. I'm talking straight up pure authoritarianism, police state stuff, like straight out of George Orwell's 1984 stuff. Straight out Stalin, Soviet Union. All, all coming within the next year. So be prepared, buckle up. It's going to be a rough ride. But I think the truth will prevail in the end. I think America will prevail in the end. Honesty will prevail and the American people will prevail. And I truly do believe the American people are going to get their country back in 2024. And so we need to do everything we can to make sure that happens, which means go vote. You have to go vote because we need to we need to win in a landslide. A landslide is the only thing that's going to win this election, ladies and gentlemen, and we need to make sure that happens. 
It's not enough to just say you're going to vote. Go take every single person you know to go vote. Make them go. Bring them with you. Drive them there. Get them registered to vote. Do whatever you have to do to get them to vote so that the American people can get their country back. We cannot let the FBI, the DOJ, the corrupt elite establishment in the Washington swamp, the, the elite establishment media, we, we cannot allow these people to decide who runs our country. The American people decide. That is called democracy. It's not up to Jack Smith. It's not up to Joe Biden. It's not up to Big Fannie Willis. It's not up to Alvin Bragg. It's not up to Nancy Pelosi. It's not up to any of these people who our next president is. It's up to the American people. We decide who our next president is. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is called democracy. You would think these radical Democrats, the so-called defenders of democracy, would understand that. I apparently not. Just another talking point that they use to spread their lies and misinformation to everybody to gain power. That is it. That is one thing that they have on their mind. And that reminds me on the next episode, I, I've been reading the Mark Levin, Demo the Democrat Party Hates America. Man, what a freaking great book. And I got some real nuggets in there that I've been highlighting and I want to bring on to you and I want to read to you because Mark Levin did a great job on this book. If you don't have it, go get it. Read the book. It's great. I actually got the Audible. I got both. I got the book and I got the Audible. The, the book is great. If you want to know everything that's going on, you want to know these people's strategies, you want to know what Marxism is, you want to know what authoritarian is, where it comes from, where Marxism comes from, you want to know the status of our country and where and the history of and the history about the Democrat Party and why the Democrat Party indeed hates this country and why they want to fundamentally change this country, get the book, The Democrat Party Hates America by Mark Levin. It is a great book. It's not, it's not a hard read at all. It's a little big, but man, does it go into depth and detail. And it tells you everything you need to know about the Democrat Party. And their racism, their days all going all the way back to the Civil War, from the start of the KKK, the abolishment, the, the filibustering of the civil rights movement in the 50s and 60s and 70s, everything. It go, he goes into everything. And he gives sources in the back of the book to every single thing that he states in that book. It's great. It's great, man. I have been reading the crap out of it. I've been highlighting key points, and I want to, and I want to read you some good stuff from there. And I think that's what I'm going to do on the next episode. So... Without further ado, that's enough. I've went this show's went on long enough, so I'm going to be releasing another show uh, same time tomorrow. So make sure you tune into that. If you want to get a hold of me, get a hold of me, Stephen Toriello Show at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of me on X, formerly known as Twitter, it is at Stephen Toriello. Um, you follow the show on Truth, follow the show on Getter, follow the show on Rumble. Definitely follow the show on Rumble. Um, also, if you could, if you're listening to this podcast right now, do me a huge favor and hit the like button. And if you have a little bit more time, leave a review that really helps out the show. And I would really appreciate it and leave some constructive criticism for the show. I like hearing your feedback. I like hearing what you guys have to say. I like hearing what you guys think about the show. Let me know if there's something you want me to talk about. Let me know if there's something that... You know, you want me to do a segment of something. You want me to try and do some more. You want, you want me to try and switch things up and do talk about different topics. We'll do a different segment, whatever it is. 
leave a review on the podcast. Apple Podcast really likes it when listeners leave reviews. So if you could, I would really appreciate it if you did. And not only that, but it helps the show out. It gets it puts it out there in the algorithm and it essentially it spreads the show the hard way by word of mouth, by you guys. So the more you share and the more engaging you are on the podcast, like leaving five-star reviews, leaving actual reviews that I can read, engaging, um, that all helps spread the show around. So if you could, I'd really appreciate it if you did that. We are an audio-only podcast, so we don't get a whole lot of views on YouTube or Rumble. Rumble's a pretty tough audience, but we don't get a lot of it because we're audio. Um, we don't have a home on a radio station or anything like that. So you know, podcasting is our home. This this is where we started the show, and this is probably where we're going to remain for the future. Um, I would love to get a, a radio station. That would be great. AM radio. I wouldn't care. I would do it. But as of right now, we don't do videos. I want to get into video streaming eventually. I just don't have the studio to do it in. I have a small studio. Literally, literally, I'm recording in like a walk-in closet. That's how I record the shows. So I am in a walk-in closet. I have a TV mounted in front of me. I have a little tiny desk with a computer, a iPad, and an audio interface and a microphone. That is what I have. That's how I do the show. So I just don't have the room for video cameras and a backdrop and all that stuff yet. But I do want to do that in the future. I really do. So it's something I'm really thinking about. And it would really be great for the show because obviously video goes a lot further than audio on YouTube and Rumble, but it is what it is, folks. So you could definitely help the show out, the the podcast itself, if just sharing the show, leaving reviews, engaging, and all that good stuff. And also follow the show on social media platforms. That really helps as well. And I would appreciate it very, very much. Send me some constructive criticism. I like it all. So like I said, make sure you tune into tomorrow's segment. I'm going to be releasing it about the same time. Make sure you tune in for that. It's going to be a good show. Um, And I hope you guys had a great weekend. And it is Monday. We are just days away from Christmas. And it is going to be a doozy. There's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about in the coming days. I'm almost sure of it, whether Congress is in session or not. So we're going to have a lot of material to work with. And if we don't, then there's so many cool things that we can talk about. So just make sure you stay tuned into the show every day. Give us a listen, share the show, follow the show, all the good stuff. And it's time to start the new week, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope you have a good Monday. I want you guys to have a great week. God bless you and God bless America. You guys have a good day. Bye-bye.